destiny At the first glimpse of a star My shadows eastward bound Headed back to where you are Still I'm on the search For something I may never find Blowing in the wind On a road I left behind Where there's hundreds of dollars Thousands of roads and a million stars God only knows why I wish On one that didn't fall Thank God the price of gas is down I've got work in every town From the foothills to the shore With every mile I miss you more And the sunset playing on my dash Was more than I could take It led my eyes to tear It caused my heart to wake Still there's hundreds of dollars Thousands of roads and a million stars That's cosmic Canadian balladeer Mr. K with hundreds of dollars from his soon-to-be-released album In Event of Moon Disaster. Now, you probably don't know who this Mr. K is, but if I tell you he's actually Kevin Roy from Winnipeg, who I interviewed at the Folk Music Ontario Conference, I think, two years ago. We had a fabulous interview about his career as a singer-songwriter. Uh, so much so, I absolutely loved it. And then I got this message from Kevin a few months ago saying, oh, I'm doing something slightly different now. Uh, I'm now a cosmic Canadian balladeer. I'm going by Mr. K. And I think I might be playing a lot more keyboards than I was in the <laughs> past. It all sounded very intriguing. Well, we're at Folk Music Ontario. I had a chance to go see Mr. K last night in an official showcase. I was pretty impressed. 
It's certainly an interesting sideways shift as far as his music is concerned. We had a great interview two years ago, and I'm so pleased to welcome Mr. K, Kevin Roy, to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to have you join us today. Thank you so much, Jen. It's uh, wonderful to be here and uh, sit down and chat about this new stuff and connect with you. And uh, yeah, so thanks for taking the time to chat with me. So before we do start to talk about the songs, let's talk about why Mr. K. Yes. So there's been a lot of confusion in the name department of who am I? And, you know, that's been a big question in my life. So I did five years on the road as Kevin Roy um, doing these showcases. And I think I toured over 500 shows in Canada in uh, about a, almost a five-year period, I think. You know, when you talk to artists who are doing a lot of self-management and, and self-booking um, and stuff like that and representing themselves, you you uh, you take a lot of time to not focus so much on your art, but more on the promotion and the, uh, the, the back end of it and the, the booking and all that stuff. And I guess what happened with me is I, uh, I did that for five years and I felt by the end, towards the end of that five years, I was, I was representing somebody that I didn't even know, somebody from my past, so much so that it, uh, it put me into a bit of a dark place and um, I needed to kind of figure myself out and figure out what was going on. So Kevin Roy, Roy is my middle name. A lot of people uh, in the music industry don't even know what my full actual name is, I think, because it's not out there. But Mr. K actually is um, came about a few ways. I was recording, so when I, when I started putting this album together and working on this record, and I'll talk about the start of it maybe in a little bit, but... Um, I'm also a school teacher as uh, Kevin Roy. I would have talked a little bit about that too in my in my set. But so Mr. K is what my kids call me. My last name is actually Cratch. It's K-R-A-T-S-C-H is seven letters and only one vowel. So it's a pretty uh, tricky name. So obviously it's maybe not the best name for a solo artist, but Mr. K is what my students call me. Mr. K is now my artist name. So regardless of where I end up um, in the music industry or in our education systems, I'm still still Mr. K. So I, um, in, in, a, in, an essence, in essence, I guess it's more of a uh, kind of paying uh, homage to my to my teaching past and uh, to my actual last name and my roots is, you know, who I am. So there's still that kind of anonymity, but I'm, I'm not anonymous. I'm Kevin. You, you want to talk to me, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. <laughs> but it, does it give you more flexibility? I, I sense it does. I mean, you know, you're billing yourself as uh, cosmic Canadian balladeer, yeah. and we can we'll get into the music yeah. in a few minutes. But I wonder in the future whether it means whether there's like a Bonnie Prince Billy thing going so, on. So well, it's uh, yeah. Like I liked the idea of like I said the anonymity and the kind of like what. And, and I'm noticing this weekend. So we're here at Folk Music Ontario, and it's this is just a wonderful conference I've done. I think this is the fourth or fifth one I've been to now. First one is Mr. K, obviously. But what I'm noticing is the people I'm talking to. Um, it's, it's an intrigue. There's a bit of intrigue about it. Like what is Mr. Mr. K? What is, you know, and, and, uh, that alone is kind of, uh, kind of unique and, and it kind of holds a story, but, um, I guess what I'm saying is it's, yeah, maybe a little more interesting just than my, my name before, but I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I wonder like the Will Mr. K get to play Kevin Roy songs from your previous albums? That, you know what, Jan, I've, I've actually, I have not even thought about. That's the first time I've heard that question. And uh, I say that I got disconnected from the artist that I was in the Kevin Roy music. And that's not to say I'm not, um, there, I have no connection to that music. I do. I, there's a lot of songs that I still, you know, I hear and I hold dear and I they, they were a part of me. But it's not, you know, I, I, I don't really necessarily connect the same way as the person I was when I wrote them. And then I started writing song. It got to the point where my my last release, and then going on, I was starting to work on new music, and I was just starting to. I felt like I was more of a musician than an artist, 
and I was making music that sounded like music I liked, but it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks in this, in this industry. A lot of them, some of them are here. Some of them are, you know, they're doing the kind of music I was doing, you know, better than I could do. And they were more connected to it than I could be. And I felt like I was almost just, you know, I was, I was putting out something that wasn't even myself. It was music I was interested in, but it wasn't who I was as a person. So yeah, like when I, so I ended this Kevin Roy project, um, I guess it was summer last, last summer I, I went on a tour with my fiance. Uh, we went out and did some festivals out in Western Canada. We ended up uh, in Dease Lake, uh, BC is the furthest we went, which is about two hours south of, of the Yukon border. And I'd been out there on a home roots tour before. And it's it's a beautiful part of the country. Lots of fishing and stuff that I love doing out there. So we had a great summer doing this tour. But when I got home, it was um, I, I had written a couple of the songs from the Mr. K project. And I just felt like every night I was playing uh, these two songs. One of them was Hundreds of Dollars first song that we just listened to and uh, the other one is uh, Darker Days I had written as well which um, these are were songs that were kind of about my past as Kevin Roy and the the kind of touring relentlessly and just kind of being torn between the, your wanderlust and this this love for the road and exploring but also this uh, it's pulling you away from you know your the ones you love and, and the places you love and your roots and the Darker Days was more of a song about you're going to hear the song later in the program, but it's uh, the, the opening line is my eyes are red. My, my head is clear. Waking up is my biggest fear. It was a really dark feeling to, to have that lyric just come out of my mouth when I was just playing that opening little riff. And then it was just so powerful. I, I was like in tears in the middle of the night, like when that came out of me and feeling, feeling this, like this deep emotion. And so, yeah, so I wrote that song and, and hundreds of dollars were done. Uh, and I started playing them on this tour I went on with my fiance in summer and the reception from my show. Yeah, there's people who knew some of my songs before the mighty river and the songs of the flooding and some of the, the more uh, historical songs about some of the places I'm from and have been, uh, people knew a lot of people knew those songs and, 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 uh, those obviously rang through, but darker days and hundreds of dollars every single night I was, I was having people come up to me and talk to me about all kinds of personal stories and mental health struggles and talking about how, you know, the, the power and the strength of, you know, what they just heard and kind of what it meant to them. And with Avery and myself on the road home, like I just, that's when we, I started kind of thinking that, you know, maybe Kevin Roy is not my, not my calling as a musician. It's interesting because this sounds like the, I mean, basically what you've done is you've traded in your old reliable, Volkswagen for something, you know, I, I don't know if it's a Tesla or it's, it's something a little call, different, you know, that the, the, it's a space jalopy, <laughs> yeah. a cosmic, uh, yeah, some UFO it, of sorts. Yeah. No. Cause it just gives you so much more flexibility like the, for where you go. Yeah. And I love the freedom. I, I used to really put myself into a box, I think. And I listened, I, I listened to a lot of the same kind of music and uh, similar to the stuff, my contemporaries of people who are doing music in the folk roots. Like I'm a, I'm a really big fan of the songwriting of Save My Buddy Del Barber. And, um, you know, there's guy Blue Rodeo and Jim Cuddy and Keeler and like uh, some of that, re those, those real Canadian, uh, like troubadour-esque um, songwriters that tell these wonderful songs. But yeah, I started feeling that disconnect and I, I kind of felt like it was after those songs that I started considering, you know, like opening myself up to, to, to new horizons and new styles of music that I hadn't explored before. Like I really felt like I, 
I was pretty particular in the music. Now, not to say I don't listen to those, uh, some of those artists. I do. I, I love that music. I love all kinds of music, but it's, I wanted to open myself up to, to more and see more. And especially at Folk Music Ontario here, like last night, I had a phenomenal evening just walking down that hallway. And I saw, I was, I'm, I'm really more drawn, I think, these days to music that is nowhere near my music and instruments that I have no idea how to play and see how other people are using those tools to make me feel things and, um, you know, maybe lift up my spirits, maybe, you know, hit some nerves and emotions and stuff you know, in musical styles that I'm not familiar with is really intriguing. And, you know, like I, I'm finding more of a draw and allure to that, I think these days. And, and with the Mr. K project, I obviously with some of the, the different sample sounds and the pads and stuff we're using, we're still basing every song was written uh, on the, I think 90% of them were probably written on the piano. It's kind of opened new doors to the songwriting. I'm kind of keeping myself open to, you know, letting the songs maybe produce themselves more so than, building the song around the, like the story and the folk and the like it, that it's still there at the heart but I want to still have the freedom to maybe take the song to a place that you know I might not have with just a guitar and a voice and stuff and maybe create a new create a new kind of sound for it and that's the whole cosmic ballad deer kind of thing is where that's come from it's well, it was interesting because you know when I was listening to you last night I thought okay there's a little bit of Neil Young after the gold rush. Yep. Um, yeah, coming through in yeah. a lot of these. Songs. Well, Neil Young decade is probably, so his specifically the, it's a double, uh, a double CD or a, I think it's a triple, triple, triple record, I think. Yeah. Right. Uh, specifically the one, uh, the second half of it was, is probably like the most influential um, music to me. That's what I grew up on. My dad had it and I stole it from him and uh, I still have it in my CD book underneath the seat of my car. I still listen to CDs and that one has been played probably the most of any any album I'm, I, I went to Kelvin High School Neil Young went to Kelvin High School I'm not trying to be Neil Young but I there's a lot of big influence from him as a songwriter and him as a person I love his lyrics and his um, the songs he wrote have always kind of resonated with me like when I when I say cosmic Canadiana people ask well what is cosmic Canadiana I think to the uh, if you if you don't have an extensive music uh, knowledge of different artists and stuff, I usually say kind of like the vulnerability of like the songwriting of Neil Young, but if it was produced by George Martin. I, right. When I approached my producer, Rusty Madius in Winnipeg, this is kind of a, a bit of a backstory to the album. I, uh, I sent him an email, on a, and on the day I sent him the email, I got a reply, and I, I sent him Darker Days. And uh, I said that, hey, Rusty, I don't I didn't really know him that well. I met him at a few showcases and conferences and festivals before we knew of each other, but we didn't know uh, ourselves on a professional or personal level really that well. I just knew that he could make pop records and I knew some of the production he could bring to a project. And so I said, like, I want to make this is one of my songs. I'd love for you to check it out. I want to do this record. This is the project that I want to build around like a Neil Young vulnerability. I want to sing about some pretty heavy stuff to myself, uh, things that I've been dealing with. But I want I want it to be I don't want it to be a depressing record. I want it to be a record that has hope, a record that has some sparkle to it. So I want a little glitter on this thing. And I want you're the guy I want for that. He replied um, within minutes, probably, of that email, and he said, "Kevin, like I said, we didn't know each other personally, but he said, I'm like literally. I, I don't know if it was he was just walking out the door, or if he was already um, on his way, or if he was at the hospital yet. But he said, I'm I'm struggling with some stuff right now, 
this song I, I listened to and this is exactly what I need right now. Um, so he was, uh, he was basically, uh, his, his body was shutting down, his liver was shutting down from alcohol years of drinking. And, uh, and he, he'd been doing that. A lot of it was tied to his, uh, his time on the road. And, uh, and there's, there's definitely a lot of that in this industry. A lot of times it's under the rug and we don't even notice it. And so he opened up to me about that in the email. He said, this is what I need. He says, I'm going to be gone for a few weeks. I'm going to be out of communication for a little while. He said, but if you can hold on, you know, I'm going to be in touch with you. You'll be one of the first people I talk to. He said, this is, um, this is something I really want to be a part of. And, uh, sure enough, it was maybe a month or two later. Um, we, we called each other up and, and, uh, yeah, we started getting together for coffee and we started sitting down and I played him. I had probably, uh, 75, 80% of the record already, already, uh, written at that point. And I played him these songs and just seeing the impact it, it had on him and knowing the impact that the songs had had on me, I just felt like if this just does this with us. I kind of saw maybe a bigger picture of, you know, like maybe I can make connections with other people out there, but even if not just seeing, seeing the, um, seeing the healing and the therapy that it brought just to myself going through my, uh, you know, learning, learning how to handle the different mental struggles, the mental health struggles I was kind of undergoing and then how it kind of lended itself over to being therapy for him in his, uh, battling his demons. Yeah, it was quite a powerful experience. And now the two of us did the record in studio, just the two of us. Uh, we're both multi-instrumentalists. So uh, the guitar and the piano, the Mellotrons, and we did some Moogs and like all kinds of fun instruments. We just, it was like just two adults kind of like playing like children in a studio. It was so, we had such a great time. And uh, the only artist we brought in, sorry, I shouldn't say the only, the only artist, human artist we brought in was uh, Glenn Radley, who is, uh, he played with us last night, the drummer. I love his, he has a very Ringo-esque kind of swing style about him. He's a very, uh, he's a character. If you ever get a chance to see him play, he's a, he's a very entertaining uh, guy to meet and, and, and watch perform. So he played the drum tracks for us. Um, and then Rusty and I did everything else. The I, I said there was more than just he was the only human. Uh, I have a, a three and a half year old bulldog, uh, Luna. Uh, she has a perfect little moon spot on her back. And uh, she, I, I feel super, um, my, my fiance and I, we feel incredibly blessed to have her, have her in our lives. Uh, she's taught us a lot about patience and all kinds of things. I think, mm. the, I think dogs can teach us a lot and uh, I've learned a lot from her. And um, anyway, so Luna with the whole lunar themes and the moon theme and, and all that, I figured, you know what, I want to get my dog on this record. So one of the things I did, like there's a lot of layers to the music of Mr. K, uh, a lot of soundscapes. If you put headphones on in this record when it's out, not only is it kind of an Abbey Road B-side where the songs weave in and out of each other, mm -hmm. but every time the lyric moon is sung, my dog is, she doesn't bark. She's a very uh, docile, lazy little bulldog. She's pretty jacked. If, groovy Luna, groovy underscore Luna on Instagram, if you want to see her, is her uh, channel. My fiance started and has now left in my care to take care of. Anyway, that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> but um, uh, she has a potty bell. So she has this bell she rings at the back door when she has to go to the washroom. And it'll be any time of day. It started just when she had to go to the washroom. And now it's any time she wants to go outside. She'll just ring it and kind of... I think she's kind of trained us, but anyway, anytime the lyric moon is sung on the record, I, uh, I set up a recorder and I wanted to record her doing her bell. So she's weaved into this album as well. Every time moon is sung. And her, her picture is in the her, album. Her, yeah. And the artwork for the album. Yeah. yeah. So 
like that took me three months to make that album artwork. I'm a photographer as well. If you follow my Instagram, that's where you can see the uh, the images from like the last five years. Of, I do a lot of landscape photography and, and uh, long exposure night photography, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's kind of how I stay grounded when I tour is, you know, taking photos and kind of showing people my view of what I see out in Canada or wherever I'm touring. You know, the, I, I'm going to put a shout out to the album itself because... I'm just receiving my copy of it today during the interview because there's only a couple of singles out so far. Yeah. It'll be coming out in a few months. But uh, And it's funny because, you know, we're living in the streaming age where, you know, a lot of people are just com- consuming their music uh, through pressing a button on Spotify or whatever service they use. But it's a beautifully packaged CD. It comes oh, with it- a fabulous lyric book. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I really do feel like you're you're kind of channeling you know, something else. I mean, you know, this goes back to, uh, it does kind of feel like one of those crazy projects, not crazy in a negative way, but, you know, out of the box projects that people would have done, you know, in the seventies where singer songwriters would, would move on. I mean, like the Beatles did all the time. Let's be honest. You know, they were always trying to do new things and new experiences that somehow may change their music. I mean, I mentioned Abbey Road musically. Yeah, there's, you know, obviously there's some Martin kind of production in there. But visually, I think some of the aesthetic is a little more Sgt. Pepper's maybe. Like, so yeah. the, So what Jan's des- describing right now, she's looking at the album artwork. If um, I do have some samples of the stuff on my Instagram page and, or heyheymrk.com is my website and all the links are up on there. But there's, if you want to get an idea of what she's talking about, you can check those links out uh, or check out the album when it comes out the come, this coming year. 2020 but um the the photography i did i spent about three months on this booklet doing the lyric booklet and each song has its own uh graphic that i've created um so i used to be a a teacher and graphics was one of the areas i taught and photography is a passion of mine so i took these photos from I, i just started going through my photos and throwing them into a folder and what i did is i started making a collage so kind of if you're familiar with the sergeant pepper's album cover that's the extreme. This is a little a little more subtle than that, but just I started making visuals that kind of tied into the songs and kind of how I think of the songs and the visual and what I see when I hear the song. So I really wanted, yeah, like visuals and just like I wanted to tie everything. I wanted layers. I wanted to make something that you can hear the song and be like, hey, that was a real good song. I might check this out. But if you really get into it and put your headphones on, like I said, you can kind of find new layers and new links between visuals and new layers of soundscapes and different sounds you hear underneath these piano cosmic ballads or whatever you want to call them. It's a beautifully packaged album. Now, we started off with $100. That was a, a was that a song to kind of move from the life experience of Kevin Roy into exactly. to Mr. K. Yeah, the whole album follows an arc. Uh, it can be any kind of story you want. I'd love it to be a musical someday. That'd be like my ultimate goal, maybe. I'd love to just write a musical someday. It'd be cool. But anyway, it, yeah, it follows an arc, a kind of a story arc. To me, it's kind of a personal tale of, you know, that grinding the road and then hitting that depression. And yeah, hundreds of dollars was kind of one of the, so it's the second track off the the record. And it's, uh, it's kind of my, yeah, torn between the rock and the hard place of I love the road, but I miss my, my roots. And what am I like, you know, what am I doing out here? And so yeah, it's a bit of a heartworn kind of song, but maybe not done in the, a, a traditional sense. It's a little more of a, uh, we definitely use a lot of Elton John rocket man kind of production value and techniques and stuff like George Martin, like I said. So, well, yeah, I know when I watched you play it live last night, it's like, yeah, this is a show you definitely need to 
to see down the road. Now, we're going to go back to the album and play Lonely One. Okay. Which actually is the first track. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about this song. Yeah, Lonely One. Well, I was in um I was in a relationship for uh, some years. I was uh, I was engaged and um it was a thing that fell apart. It's another story for maybe another day and stuff, but just to sum it up kind of quickly, Lonely One is kind of just my um just kind of my opening sequence of the album and just kind of talking a little about um you know, like everyone just wants, you know, you don't need to be the luckiest person in the world, but you just want to, you don't want to be lonely. You just want to, you want to be satisfied. And that's kind of where the lyrics you'll hear uh, in this song are kind of about is just setting that up for the record. This is Mr. K with Lonely One from his soon to be released album, In Event of Moon Disaster. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio at the Folk Music on Terror Conference. And I'm Jan Hall.
That's Mr. K with Lonely One from his new album entitled In Event of Moon Disaster. Now, the new album will land in 2020. Mr. K is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today at the Folk Music Ontario Conference. Mr. K is also Kevin Roy, and we've been discussing (laughs) how Kevin Roy has morphed into this new character. And I'm actually, uh, you know, we started the interview saying, well, I was trying to understand how Kevin Roy and Mr. K fitted together. Having been through the first part of this interview, that really starting to feel a really good idea. I mean, you you even mentioned just before the break, Kevin, the idea that you know maybe down the road there could be a uh, a musical or something come out of this because you obviously are very creative, and you know this is a a perfect way to express what you describe, I think, as a more authentic version of the person you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like, I think when, so coming into this, so Folk Music Ontario, this was, so Jan had uh, the uh, privilege of joining us for our first ever show. That was, uh, so yesterday at 6.30, uh, we had our official showcase and our first ever Mr. K live performance uh, was a showcase, which was a kind of, I don't think I realized kind of what a nerve wracking experience that would be until it kind of all happened. And I realized these showcase experiences, we only, you know, we play lots of shows as artists and, and these are like the, you know, 5% or, le- you know, 2% of the shows you play are maybe showcases and conference events. Um, and there's definitely a little bit more kind of uh, pressure in those I find anyway, just because you're, you have a very limited slot usually. And it's, um, very on the fly because they're playing a lot of um, artists back to back and very short changeovers. So it's, and and the Mr. K project is obviously something that has a little bit more than one input for a guitar and a harmonica, say like a Kevin Roy show would would have been. So yeah, it was uh, a bit of a whirlwind experience yesterday, (laughs) but my goodness, we, uh, we felt really great to, uh, to have that show behind us now and uh, the reception from like hearing, just chatting with you and hearing your experiences and stuff is, uh, I think we're we're on track to where the live show needs to be, and that's going to be the thing we're going to be honing now over the next little bit is figuring out how the live show is going to represent the what you see in front of you in that album, and um, and kind of what we're talking about the theatricalness or the, um, uh, the musicalness or that you know like this has more than just it can be more than just songs and a package and a lyric book kind of thing. Yeah, no, I and I don't. Yeah, I don't even know what it's going to be. It yet, sounds but. very. It sounds very exciting. So, I, I guess the live experience. You, you said, well, we only just played our first gig. That yeah. will develop over time. Yeah. I also got the sense from what you said earlier, though, that maybe you you won't gig quite in the way that you were before. I mean, yeah, you know, this is an experience that you want to bring with you rather than just you heading out on the road with a I'm, guitar and a harmonica. I'm definitely being, yeah, I've learned a lot over the last five, six years of being in this industry as Kevin Roy. And I've attended a lot of these events and I've gone to a lot of different panels and showcases and tried to learn you know, what is this kind of, what is this industry all about? And it's constantly changing, like you said, with streaming and all these different advents of new technologies and things. But at the heart of it, it is the art. And it is, you know, without the artist, there is none of this. And we, as humans, music is a part of, you know, it's a part of everything. But yeah, I'm definitely changed. My, uh, my approach to this Mr. K project is definitely a lot different. I still don't know what the arrangement's going to be. We played as a trio last night with a drummer and a, a bassist and myself on the piano with the harmonicas and harmonies. Yeah, I'm thinking it's the way the tours are going to be. It's going to be less less shows, but but more more on the promotion end and more on the, you know, I want it to get out there and, and see if we can kind of create a, um, yeah, like 
more experience, more calculated of an experience show. Yeah. Like I said, like it's, yeah, I, 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 I might not be playing as many kind of coffee shops and, and more intimate house concerts. It's probably going to be, I'm going to need a little bit more, you know, work on my end and with the promotion end and with my team and stuff to, to see if I can get some shows that can accommodate a little bit of lighting and, and some stages and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I want to focus on, I want to bring, I don't want to half-ass this uh, with the live show. And like I said, I don't know what it's going to look like entirely, you know, in two weeks from now, in two years from now or so on. But I do know it will be uh, an experience. You know, and it's really coming through. I, I got to say, I'm very excited about the project. I think that, you know, your your approach is, is right on. The fact that, you know, we played the two songs that have currently been released from the album. We're going to play a, another song in a moment that is actually on the album but we're not going to play the album version because that will release later and you know what what comes through when you obviously you're changing your musical identity you know brand is hugely important for any artist you're changing the brand mm -hmm. you really want to make sure that you do things right and it's quite clear from this conversation yeah that your focus is very much to make sure that mr k is presented to the world in the right way the music is presented to the world to the world in the right way yeah. so that people can can move forward, you know, strongly with you. Yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, I don't know if it's the graphic artist kind of in me or that background in me, but yeah, it's like, I'm all about continuity and, and having that branding across the, across the board and, and making sure like this project has been in the works for, I guess, like now just over a year and a half probably. And, um, yeah, I, a lot of people have been asking when I started posting some photos and just kind of things, I announced the Mr. K change on January 1st of last year, 2019 of this year, sorry, 2019, and, uh, just started dropping a few live videos and it's only this summer that I put out the first single. And then the next one just came out recently. It's been a very slow process. I've been listening to this album now. I've had the copies of it for over six months probably. And I feel like it's a really weird experience because there's only, you know, there's only a few of these records out for a while. There was just, you know, me and my, like my family and the, my producer and whatever, and, and Glenn that had a copy of it. And it's kind of neat to, I was sitting on this thing. I'd show a few people some songs, but like, it feels weird to just have this thing that I'm, I'm so excited to get out. I really want people to hear, but I want it to be as calculated and as done so that it will get the biggest or the best or the most, um, most response that we can like I don't want to put something it's like you said about immediacy and uh, Spotify and like how we just click a button and, and now it's out in the world and then next thing you know two minutes later there's something on top of that it's new and it gets pushed down exactly, and it's lost yeah. and I don't know how I necessarily I have my thoughts and opinions on social media and and stuff and I I see a great deal of pros I see a great deal of cons and I um I can fall into the trap of it and the kind of the addictiveness of it for sometimes I really need to take a step back sometimes to realize what's going on and the amount sheer amount of information that we're taking in at such rapid paces that I really like you know coming out to places like this just kind of allow you to just reconnect with like okay we're making art and we're sharing things and like it sometimes it feels maybe not important when we're putting stuff out and it just you know Facebook just because it doesn't hit some algorithm or something that's you know working for your fans and whatever it just gets pushed down you got to put money into the slot machine so to speak and uh, for them to push you a little bit more maybe and like I I don't really I, I don't I don't know it's a game you kind of have to play but you also have to be smart at how you play it or you you know it's 
yeah, it forces you to really learn a lot about the different right. aspects of the industry as an entrepreneurial artist. And um, it's kind of unfortunate. I see a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people out there who have tremendous art and great songs and but maybe don't have the the backing of the entrepreneurial kind of stuff. And then it's like, there's so much great music and art that just get, just gets buried by sponsored content and things like that. And it's, it's really, it's kind of, yeah, it can be a kind of a dark part of yeah, our, where we're going. Unfortunately. So we can't play any more tracks from the album. We are going to play another track that is on the album, but it's going to be a live version. I just want to remind people that if you want to follow Mr. K, Go to heyheymrk.com. And that's M-I-S-T-E-R, Mr. Mr. And then K. Yeah, that's great. And definitely, I'm excited about the project. I have to say, I love the packaging. And I am one of those people that believes that eventually people will start to realize that streaming isn't all where it's at. Yeah. That, you know, having more content that you can actually peruse, being able to read the lyrics, be able to learn more about who played on an album exactly. will become important. And again. you know what, Jan, I still firmly believe that the the heart and the essence of this industry is a live show. That's when you get the connection. That's when you hear the sound waves from the person who's making it in front of you. And that's that's the greatest way to make the connection. And I think we need to start really getting, shifting our focus back to the music. And that's what this is all about, uh, is the art of it. And so, yeah, I guess you're saying the last song we're doing here is, yeah, the live version. Um, of Darker Days, Darker right? Darker Days. So this is the song I sent to my producer uh, before uh, when he was on his way into uh, to detox. And uh, this is the song that I kind of just summoned or just came to me in the middle of working on something else in the middle of the night, brought me to tears and I finished. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's... It's a song that I I don't know if I'll ever, I think I'll always connect with this thing. And it's a song where I just don't, I think it's a thing on its own that I, you know, I feel lucky to have found and been able to put out and the impact that it's had on a few people just that I've played it for so far and has meant the world to me. And I feel a, a sense of completion almost in the music industry from that, just having that connection made with people who are in, in some darker times. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that this can maybe there's a lot of poignant a lot of dark themes in this record a lot of some some heavy stuff and personal stuff but uh at the end of it the essence is there's light at the end of the tunnel there's hope that you know whatever whatever the struggles are there is there is hope there is a message of hope in these songs of uh of darker themes and, and darker days is kind of the rock bottom of the of the arc of this story so we're kind of leaving you off here on a more of a sad note, but I want you to know that when this album comes out, there is hope and there is harmony in 2020, and uh, I look forward to sharing that with you. And there is absolutely that. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you talk to us today. This is Mr. K with a live version of Darker Days, a track that will be on his new album that arrives in 2020. It's entitled In Event of Moon Disaster. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio at the Folk Music Ontario Conference, and I'm Jan Hall. It's my
just can't say I wish I knew it's not the only way Waking up is my biggest fear.